Thank you for listening to this message by Pastor Chad Randall at Life Story Church. We are a grassroots church located in the heart of the Bellevue community in Nashville, Tennessee. Our services are streamed live on Facebook and YouTube every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time. We would love for you to join us. Now here's Pastor Chad Randall. I hope you've got the Word of God with you tonight because we're going to jump back into a subject that we talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, last we broached uh, this topic, we asked the question, and surely you've, you've already seen the sermon title uh, uh, pick for tonight, Waiting on God, right? We asked the question, who wants to hear from God? To which we all said a resounding, I do, right? I do. Everybody, every one of us. It's a difficult thing to wait on God, isn't it? And I think we are, we're all familiar with how that feels. You know, Tom Petty uh, said it best, I think, when he said, waiting is the hardest part, didn't he? Uh, I, when, I was, when I was younger... I figured out uh, uh, something that I, I didn't want to pray for, actually, and that's patience. <laughs> I, I learned that early on. If you're a person that struggles with patience, don't say, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, just I need you to give me patience. Why? Because he'll give you a reason to develop patience. So I hope you're a patient person already. But we, ha- we are a culture that hates waiting, aren't we? Uh, who in here... Uh, go ahead and raise your hand if you enjoy waiting. Anybody? No hands? Somebody's just being ornery, perhaps? I don't know. Uh, for example, though, think about it. Uh, we, who loves to go to the DMV? Anybody? Carolyn, do you like to go to the DMV? No? Definitely not? No, that's a no. Take a number, right? What do you do? You take a number and you, somebody say it, wait, right? <laughs> just when you think... It's soon, because you look at your number, you're looking around the room. Oh, not too many people here. I've got a pretty low number here. That's not bad. Just when you think it's soon, it still takes forever, doesn't it? It does. You start evaluating. Anybody else ever done this? Uh, be honest. You start evaluating the staff behind the counter. You start looking at what everybody's doing, perhaps. Well, what's that person doing? Well, okay, that person's working at that desk. That person's taking the picture. Well, why is that person in the back? Are they, they're not even doing anything. They could help me. And just me, maybe? I don't know. Uh, we hate waiting, you know, but, but one's distaste for waiting, one's distaste for waiting reaches a whole new level when your heart is on the line, doesn't it? When your heart's on the line, when you're waiting to hear about the job that you want, that you've been praying for, that you really, really want, right? When you're waiting for that, when you're waiting for a medical report, perhaps you fear it could be bad, or you're praying that it'll be good, you're waiting, right? Or when you're, when you're wanting for God to move in any way in your life, when you're waiting for Yeshua to return, waiting can be difficult, can it? Now, if you identify with what I'm saying at all, tonight, then, then this is for you. This is for you. I want to start uh, this evening by revising a story that I briefly touched on, I think it was last month, uh, when, when we did our first installment of Waiting on God. I touched on this story uh, we began, uh, when we began this conversation, but it deserves more than the brief time that we were able to give it a few weeks ago. So tonight, if you've got your Bible, somebody, 
Uh, let me hear those Bible pages flip through the internet. All right, there we go. I hear them. I hear them. They're flipping in here. Let's open to John chapter 11, verse 4 through 7. Uh, while you're doing that, let's pray, church, as well. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. We thank you that you've brought us here tonight. We thank you that we have each other, even to gather online. We have each other to encourage each other. Lord, we ask that you would that you would drop the guards that we have around our hearts and around our minds, Lord. Plant a seed in our minds that will reap uh, an eternal reward, God. We ask that this message, Father, would take root in us and bear the fruit that you wish it would. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. So John chapter 11, verse 4 through 7. I'm going to read the NIV translation. I like how this version reads uh, through here. Uh, when he heard this, Jesus said, he said, this sickness will not end in death. Now, if you were paying attention a few weeks ago, you know, you might know where I'm going already. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be, may be glorified through it. Verse five. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So do you know where we're going yet, church? That's right. If you haven't actually watched part one of this uh, series, we've been doing it kind of broken up sporadically through the week. So I encourage you to go back and watch part one, uh, watch what we did a few weeks ago, part two, and then uh, obviously uh, because they all go together. All right. There will be some nuggets for you regarding this in that part one as well. So Jesus loved Martha and her sister. Who was? Anybody? Here's your chance to raise your hand and answer. Mary, right? And Lazarus. Verse six. Let's keep reading. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Now underline that. So let me get this right, okay? He loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he got the news from the messenger. He loved him. So what did he do? He stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. Okay. Then he said to us, can you imagine being Mary and Martha at this time? Have you ever prayed for something? Have you ever prayed for something to come through and it just seems like God is taking his time? I'll just be quiet and wait for answers. Show of hands, anybody, you have prayed, you have prayed, and you're just asking yourself, what are you waiting on, God? I mean, if the answer is yes, let it come. What are you waiting? Or perhaps you've prayed to God for something uh, and you're waiting and it, you have to wait all the way up until the midnight hour. And it's at that moment and not a moment before that God comes through, right? It's difficult to endure. It's difficult to endure, uh, especially when it gets really late, when, you, the, when you're getting really close to a deadline for whatever it, whatever it might be. It's difficult to endure. It, it spawns all kinds of emotions and questions in us, doesn't it? It does. Uh, he, you start to ask, God, what, why? What, what is taking so long? What, what, what is the answer? What is it me? God, what do you want me to do then? God, what are you waiting for? God, this, God, that, right? Emotions get high. They can get high, can't they? 
Church, it's in these moments uh, that we must remember one thing. I'll submit this to you. When God is taking his time, and this, will, this is a note for you, all right? <laughs> Application point for you. When God is taking his time, that is exactly what he is doing. He is taking his time. We're all on his time, church. This is, this is our creator. He created time itself. When we're asking and asking God to move, we're on his clock. We have to realize that. We have to get comfortable with that. We need to be ready for that. We often say things in our culture uh, like, my time is valuable, don't we? My time is valuable, we'll say it. You know, or, or we'll say, you know, that's a waste of my time, right? Or time is money is another one we hear a lot, especially in the West. Time is money. We say these things for good reason, don't we? Why? Because time is a commodity to us. Time is a commodity to us. It is really the most valuable thing that we have. At the end of the day, you can't, doesn't matter how hard you've worked, how much money you've, you've made or inherited or whatever, you cannot buy time. It's the most valuable thing that you will ever have. The most valuable. Mm. So, I think that it's really the what's at the root, hear me here, I think it's really what is at the root of our distaste for waiting. I think that's where the root is. Our distaste for waiting is that's where the, wait, the root is because we have such a value for time. But when it comes to God, hear me, when it comes to God and the things that we are asking of Him and waiting on Him for, we are on His timetable. His timetable, not ours. As much as you think, oh God, you're wasting my time here, right? We just let's get on with it. Bring it. No, you are on His timetable, church. Mm. And thank God for it, because unfortunately for Mary and Martha, in our story here, unfortunately for Mary and Martha, Jesus didn't just wait until the midnight hour. Come on now, those of you. When I said, have you ever had to wait? for God, even up until the midnight hour. And at that midnight hour, how torturous it can feel, right? Jesus didn't wait until the midnight hour for Lazarus and Mary and Martha. He showed up about four days after midnight. How about that for how they thought about when Jesus should come or how, how what they thought Jesus should do, and in what manner, and how, and why, and when, most importantly, four days after midnight. Oh, church, we stamp our feet, and we throw tantrums, and we lose our heads, and, and forget our maturity uh, long before the midnight hour, and often case, even comes. Let's keep reading John chapter 11. Let's read verse 17 through 36. There's some good stuff here, isn't there? Uh, like I said, we just barely scratched the surface a few weeks ago, so I wanted to make sure we uh, gave this the attention it deserves. Uh, John chapter 11, verse 17 through 36, let's read. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. 
Verse 18, now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. Think about that, it's less than two miles. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Underline that if you're an underliner. Mary stayed at home. This is important, okay? This is important to note because we are witnessing, we are witnessing uh, uh, two sisters, two sisters deal with this process two different ways, okay? And if you know these two, it's not surprising uh, it's not surprising how they do, given their personalities uh, as to how they handle it. Let's read verse 21. Verse 21. Lord, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. Verse 22. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Martha you see this, church? Martha runs out. She runs out in faith to meet him. And she asks, be it suggestively, very, she asks for a miracle. Directly asks him for a miracle. I know that even now, God the Father will give you what you ask. You know, anytime that Jesus shows up, you need to get this in your spirit, right? Anytime that Jesus shows up, he's right on time. He's never early. He's never late, right? He shows up right when he means to. Uh, you might be uh, thinking that he's late right now. It may feel like he's delayed somehow. Late in your relationship, maybe. Late in your job. Where is he? Jesus, I need answers. I need a job, period, perhaps, some of you, right? You might think he's late, he's late in your finances. Maybe, maybe you thought you'd be far uh, more established financially in your life by this age in your life or whatever, you know? Or, or maybe you've just been struggling and scraping by and, and you ask yourself, God, where are you and why? You know, maybe you think he's late in your you know, family relationships and situations, late for picking you up maybe, right? I know we all want to fly away, oh glory. <laughs> we all want to... Uh, in the twinkling of an eye, be with the Lord forevermore. And it certainly feels like that could happen any day now with the way the world is. And we look around and we see the news and we think, oh Lord, how much more of this can go on? How much worse could it really get before you, before you come and get your bride, Lord? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, church, when you see him, when you do see him, you will be first. You will be willing to be the first in, the, in line to tell the world that he was right on time. Now, he was right on time. Let's keep reading. Verse 23. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I love that. She's like, don't give me the general things terms here. Hold up a second. I know he'll rise again, right? I, I read the Bible. We've, we all know we raise up in the end. I'm not talking about the end. I love her, how audacious she is. She doesn't want to let him off on a technicality here, right? Jesus said to her, let's keep reading 25. I am the resurrection mm -hmm. and the life. The one who believes in me 
will live even though they die. Verse 26, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Verse 27, yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah. Ooh, there it is. Holy Ghost, I can feel it. I believe that you're the Messiah. There's a declaration of faith, a saving faith right there. That's it. Faith plus nothing equals salvation. The Son of God who is to come into the world. Verse 28. After she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. And she said, the teacher is here. She said, and is asking for you. Oh, church, don't let your discouragement, let me encourage you, don't let your discouragement, your heartbreak, keep you from running out to meet him this day, this day. Oh, I know it's easy to get discouraged in this world. It's easy to, in our, in our heartbreak, in our desperation to turn cynical and to, and to lose our hope. Oh, but as David said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Lord, let him do it. Let that be your prayer. Don't lose hope. He is our hope. He is all that we hope for and more. He is Yeshua HaMashiach. He is our salvation. Yeshua, the Messiah. Oh, church, don't let your discouragement, your heartbreak, hold you back. Don't let self-pity rule you to where you just want to turn back. You want to turn back away and crouch down for, for all of the brokenness, for all of this discouragement. You want to hide yourself away. How many true believers aren't even in church anymore because they've been hurt by the church? They've been hurt by false teachers. They've been hurt by careless, careless brothers and sisters. How many are just starting to hide away for the discouragement and disappointment, church? <sighs> Don't let it happen. Don't make him ask others to send for you. Don't don't make him send for you, a messenger to go get you. Let's keep reading. Verse 29. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. The teacher is looking for you. Hmm. Did you know the teacher is looking for you? The teacher is looking for you. Verse 30. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. Verse 31, when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, well, good on her. She recovered quickly, right? Once she heard she'd been called for, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, this is real, church. Listen to this. Verse 32. Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. Oh, how many times has that been the call of our heart? Lord, if you had been there, if you had been there, you could have done this. Why didn't you? Where were you? Let's be real. Mary is so real right here. She's very, there's not one of us that doesn't 
uh, identify with her right here. Notice the same thing that Martha had said, though. Minus one key phrase. Minus one key phrase. Verse 22 said, Martha had said, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Mary said the same thing as Martha right out of the gate. Lord, if you had been here, if you'd been here. Martha said that too. Mary's not saying anything new here. Their hearts are broken. But Martha shared something that Mary had yet to display, which is that faith. Yet, don't let this be lost on you. Yet, he still, he loved Mary. He loved her still. Verse 33. Oh, church. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Underline that. He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? He asked, come. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Come and see. And verse 35, Jesus wept. So we've been doing subtitles uh, to each message. This is Waiting on God. Last, uh, last time we did this, it was uh, God sees you, he hears you, and he will use it all. Tonight's subtitle, Waiting on God, is God sees you, he hears you, and church, he weeps with you. He weeps with you. Do you feel that? Do you feel that? Do you believe that? Verse 36, let's go to it. Then the Jews said, see this, see how he loved him. Oh my, church, that, this is the love that he had for Mary, Martha, for Lazarus. This is the love that he has for you. This is the love that he has for you, church. Do you feel that? Do you see that? He sees you waiting. He sees you. He hears your prayers. Ah, oh, church, but he's not going to come one moment too early. You know, we can never forget, never forget this. We must adopt a kingdom mentality, a way of looking at our lives here, not through this temporary lens of, of uh, our Western culture, that we're here briefly to become as successful as possible, get all the things that we want in every area from, from, uh, uh, from people and things, right? And then uh, if you can't take it with you, you spend it all or you leave it for your kids, right? That's it. What more to the life of I'm telling you, church, we're here briefly to become who we're going to be for an eternity. And that's what's important about this life. Not how much money you can make, not what people think about you, right? You are becoming right now who you are going to be for an eternity. And I'm telling you, church, your whole life, even if you're lucky enough to live to 85 healthy, right? 85 years is a teardrop in the ocean of eternity. And you'll never get a chance to be here again. <laughs> Once you're eternal, everybody's spending eternity somewhere, right? You put your hope and your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that he came to save, that he came to bring you back out of darkness when you put your faith and trust in him, and you, you take his hand and you let him lead you into light, you're going to spend an eternity with him, 
you're never going to get a chance to come back here once you're eternal and be temporal again. That's it. These bodies, this is your chance to believe without seeing. This is your chance to wait well. To wait in faith. Even when you don't understand, you, uh, you trust that He is for you, not against you. He is working on your behalf for good. He wants to bless you, but more than anything else, most importantly, He wants you to grow into who you're going to be for an eternity. He wants you, church, whatever is best for your growth. You know, we think we want all this, we want all this, we want all these things. God cares about what you need, what you need to inspire you to grow. And a lot of times that we talked about this again a few weeks ago, suffering creates in us a growth that could never happen apart from suffering. It creates in us an empathy that apart from suffering could never happen. It's a, so why? That's a whole nother conversation. You rewatch the tape on that one, right? Uh, well, I guess we don't have tape anymore, do we? You can rewind it. No. All right. Church. See how he loved him. Well, the cynical mind would say, oh, he loved him so much that he waited four days, huh? He loved him so much that he put them through this heartbreak. Now you see what, you see what Jesus is doing. And maybe you'll see what he's doing in your life. Maybe you'll see a correlation on why Jesus waits for Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and why Jesus waits for you sometimes. It's not because he doesn't want to give you all things. It's not because he doesn't want to bless you. It's because he wants to bless you. He wants you to grow. He wants you to mature. Let's read uh, verse 41, John 11, still in 11. 41 through 44, let's read. So they took away the stone, then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I love this. I knew that you all, I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. I love this here. Don't, let's not just skim over this here. Let's, can we take this part apart for just a second here? I could pray. Lord, I could pray, and I believe wholeheartedly that you hear me. And I could pray for Lazarus to rise from the dead, and I wouldn't even need to speak. And I could pray to you, and I know that you hear me, and I know that you'll, that you'll do this for me, is, is what Jesus is saying. But I'm saying it out loud for those people watching. Saying it out loud for those people that are watching. For the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe. All right, let's keep, re keep reading. 43, when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Verse 44, the dead man came out. There it is. His hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Incredible. Church, soon, hear me now, soon. Soon we will be taking off the bindings of this world. Soon and very soon. Somebody say amen. Mary and Martha struggled to understand why Jesus hadn't come. They struggled. And why, why he would let such a thing happen. 
why he would delay healing their brother, even to the extent he even let him die. And he was right here, right here. There is a lesson here for us, church, about trusting God even when we don't understand. Even when we don't understand. Are you waiting on, a, a, are you praying in a wife? Are you praying in a husband? What's taking so long, God? Are you praying in a job, whatever it is? What are you praying in that you're, you've grown weary from, waiting? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Lesson here is about trusting God even when we don't understand. And like Mary versus Martha, waiting well, waiting well. How will you handle God not delivering on your timetable? How will you handle that? How will you handle it if God doesn't deliver at all like you thought he would or asked that he would? How about when the time comes, it's not what you think. It's not what you wanted. Mm -mm. He's going to deliver. You're his. He hears you. He sees you. He's going to deliver. Hear me here. I promise you, church. He always delivers. But it may not look like what you thought. Are you ready for that? Are you prepared for that? What does trusting him look like? Through the waiting? Through the unknown? What's it look like for you? Does it look like Martha? Or does it look like Mary? How about that? What does waiting look like for you? Answer yourself right now. Just be honest. We're all we all find ourselves waiting for something, whether you're waiting for, for uh, an answer to prayer with a family relationship or romantic relationship or waiting for an answer to prayer uh, regarding finances or employment, whatever it is. What does your waiting look like? Be honest with yourself. Are you looking like Martha? You're devastated. It's fine. But you know what? Through that devastation, I'm riding out in faith. I just even hear that he's coming and I'm riding out to him in faith because I believe that you're the Messiah and I believe you can do anything. I believe you could make it happen now. Or are you Martha? Who in through the brokenheartedness, through the discouragement, collapsed. Rather than, rather than resolving in boldness in her faith, she went in, inward to self-pity like a shell. So what does waiting look like for you? Application question here. Self-pity or faith, even though you don't understand? Will you run out to meet him in faith, asking for the impossible? Hmm? That's what Martha did. Or will you collapse in discouragement or collapse in heartbreak? He loves you either way. Don't let that be lost, okay? If you feel like you're failing in this regard, don't let this be lost on you. He loves you either way. Very much. Very much to the extent that he weeps with you. He does. But I want to run out to meet him. I want to be of the ilk that runs out to meet him. And I want you to run with me. Amen? Will you run with me? Somebody say yeah. Somebody say yes. huh? Uh, a couple weeks ago, I shared this uh, quote with you. I'd like to revisit it again. Can we see that graphic? Eva, thank you, dear. Trust in God's timing. This is so true. It's better to wait a while 
and have things fall into place than to rush and have things fall apart. How often do we fall apart? We become a shell, become a shell like Mary or, or sometimes worse than that. We try to, we try to force things, force things, force God's hand even, forge ahead even though he hasn't released our spirit or made a way yet. You don't want to be in that position, church. It's better to wait a while and have things fall into place, and they will. That's how God works, than to rush and have them fall apart. I love that. So I want to take uh, this uh, thought a little bit further. How are we doing, guys? Are you feeling blessed by this message? I hope so. I want to take this thought a little bit further. Uh, a moment ago, uh, you know, you answered. If a moment ago you, you answered Mary. I said the Mary Martha question. If you answered Mary, if you find yourself in a place of discouragement or hopelessness today, if you honestly just feel broken, if you honestly just feel broken, if you want to hear from God, if you want to hear from God, but you've lost hope that you could even hear him from the place that you're at. I know how that feels. I understand. If that's you, I want to share this with you. I want to share this with you. Uh, Jeremiah uh, once wanted to hear from God himself. Jeremiah, the famous prophet of Israel, wanted to hear from God. And God spoke, but he wanted to take Jeremiah somewhere first before he'd speak. So, with that, let's open our Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 18. I think you're going to be blessed by this. Jeremiah chapter 18, we'll read verse 1 through 6. Pausing momentarily as you flip your Bible pages. And let's read. Verse 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house. There I will cause you to hear my words. Verse 3, then I went down. This importance, I'm, I'm underlining I went down. There's important things that all come together here as we, so we'll put them to, as we read. We'll put them together at the end. Then I went down to the potter's house and there was, there, there he was making something at the wheel and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. It was marred. So he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Verse 5. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O Israel. Whew. You getting the message? I went down. First of all, I underlined that for a reason. I went down. Why? From where? You went, what do you mean you went down? From where did he go down? The temple. Jeremiah was at the temple. Wanted to speak to God. God spoke and he said, I'm going to take you down. We're going to go down from the temple. And to where? To the potter's house, right? The potter's house, which was through, subsequently, the potter's field. 
Does anybody get that reference? Do you know where the, what the potter's field, the significance of that is? There's a great deal of symbolism that we can, that we cannot lose here as we read. Okay. Who remembers the potter's field? Show of hands, little emoji hands in cyberspace. Okay. Let's read Zechariah chapter 11, verse 12 through 13. I'll tell you. We'll put this together for you. Let's read verse 12 through 13. Then I said to them, If it is agreeable to you, give me my wages, and if not, refrain. So they weighed out for my wages 30 pieces of silver. The prophet Zechariah speaks of the day that will come, doesn't he? Verse 13, the day that has come for us but not yet at this point. Verse 13, And the Lord said to me, Throw it to the potter. That princely prince, that princely price, excuse me, that princely price they set on me, so I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them into the potter's house of the Lord for the potter. Matthew, I'm just going to keep reading. Let's read Matthew 27, verse 3 through 8. You're going to put this together. I know you already have. Verse uh, 3 through 8. Then Judas, then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. Verse 4, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? You see, you see to it. Mm -mm, the prophecy fulfilled. Zachariah's prophecy right here from Jeremiah. Referencing it, here's Zechariah prophesying it. Verse 5, then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Verse 6, but the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, it is not lawful to put them into the treasury because they are the price of blood, verse 7. Yeah, the hypocrisy is just unbearable. They paid a guy to kill Jesus, but they can't, but they can't break the law that they think Jesus wrote, right? That their Messiah, who Jesus was, wrote. It's just unbelievable. Ooh, to be so blinded. Oh, Lord, help us, right? Give us wisdom and discernment in these days. Verse 7, let's keep reading. And they consulted together, and they bought with them, what did they buy? You guess it, the potter's field, to bury strangers in. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. This potter's field, uh, friends, would have quite a significant future ahead of it. This potter's field, right, in Jeremiah's day. In Jeremiah's day, it already had a significant history. It was known as the Valley of Hinnom, or the Valley of Gehenna, or in a better term in English for us would be the Valley of Hell. It was a wasteland, this potter's field. The Valley of Gehenna, the Valley of Hell, it was a wasteland good for nothing but pulling bricks out of. It pulled bricks out of it. Its earth was red clay and it would grow nothing. No life came out of there. Gehenna was initially where apostate Israelites uh, and followers of various Baals and other Canaanite gods, including Molech, uh, they would sacrifice children 
by fire to Molech, <laughs> according to 2 Chronicles 28, verse 3, uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 33, verse 6. Uh, you look this up. Yeah, there is a dark, evil history uh, uh, when people abandon God. They would sacrifice their own children and they'd throw the bodies and burn them in the valley of Gehenna, the valley of hell. So it was deemed to be cursed. Hard to blame them, right? God wanted to speak to Jeremiah. Hear me now. Let's bring it all together, shall we? God wanted to speak to Jeremiah, but he didn't want to tell him in the temple. Okay, Jeremiah, you've been waiting to hear from me. I've got something to say for you, to you, but not here, not in the temple. Go down. God wanted to speak to him. Not in the temple, though. In order for Jeremiah to understand, Jeremiah needed to see. Some of you guys, God wants to show you something, but you will never understand until you see some things, right? Jeremiah needed to go through the valley of hell to the potter's house. Some of you are in the valley. Some of you, you look around and you feel, uh, you feel the wasteland. I understand that. Some of you are at the potter's house and it's time to start listening. Some of you are, have already been through it and you're like, all right, you've brought me down. <laughs> you, I needed to come down a few notches. I'm willing to listen. I'm able to listen now when I wasn't before. I've learned some things going through this valley and I'm ready to listen now. I'm telling you, church, it doesn't matter how far down you are. You can hear from God. You might think you're an L. <laughs> you can hear from God still. Don't give up on it. I know we question, I don't even know if I hear from God anymore sometimes, right? I thought I did, maybe it wasn't Him. Church, when it's Him, it's Him, and you'll know. And because it'll prove true. That's the ultimate test of a prophet. Isn't it? That's the ultimate, that's simple. It's, people make prophecies, predictions all the time. Is it from God? Is it not from God? Well, if it's from God, it'll come to pass. If you're wrong once, you're a false prophet. Let Take that to heart. There's a big prophetic movement of people just ginning themselves up emotionally and looking at people and with their own uh, deduction, calling out things and and making predictions and calling it prophecy and it doesn't come to pass and yet nobody ever calls that person out or or shuts it down uh, it's it's a horrible disservice to the kingdom of god and to the church today but uh you know some of you some of you listening tonight need to hear from god and i'm telling you regardless of how low you feel you can still hear from him as a matter of fact, I believe, honestly, the further down you are, the further down you are, I'm betting that he is intently trying to show you something. Now, I oftentimes, if I'm going through a waiting period, which I have done a lot, I'm a pastor after all and a church planner at that, right? Waiting on God, waiting on his timings. We've made a profession out of it, it seems like, right? I'm telling you, a lot of times I... I and I implore you to do the same thing. I said, God, I'm praying, I'm believing, I'm waiting. 
Don't let me be the problem that we're waiting on. If there's something that I've got to get and I've got to learn from this or see from this period of time through this waiting period, let me see it open my eyes, God. I'm willing. I want to grow. I ch challenge yourselves in that way. So many people are shaking your fists at God and saying, oh, waiting. I'm waiting for you. Where are you? And But you're the holdup. He's not surprised by this day in your life. He's not surprised by your current circumstances. He knew they would come. Likely we're sitting in a position that are, you know, our own faults. Well, many times, especially if it's difficult, uh, results of poor decisions or not consulting God. And a lot of times it's not even necessarily that it's a poor decision. It's just that you didn't consult God before you made this decision. And now you're dealing with the consequences. But God wants you to learn He's still not surprised by it, and he wants you to learn something from every phase in your life, because that's what this whole life is about, is growing you into being the eternal being you're going to be forever. You talk about these preachers saying, be the best you that you can be. It's not going to happen here. It's going to happen there, and it's going to happen there for an eternity. We're just working on maturing here growing in our maturity. We've got to make, adopt that kingdom perspective on our entire lives, this whole life. He's the king. This is his, ki his, his kingdom that we're here to serve, his purposes that we're here to serve. And in pursuing him, we grow, we grow. So, hmm, I digress. Something pretty cool here for you guys. You know, the, the uh, backing up, let me just read to you. The vessel was marred, right? The vessel was marred all the way back in verse 3. I went down to the potter's house, and there he was making something at the wheel. The vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again to another vessel. This is the message that God is, let's not forget to draw the message that God is giving Jeremiah here. He's basically saying, I'm going to do the same thing with Israel. Well, what is a marred vessel? Does anybody have any guesses? Huh? This marred vessel was a vessel that was broken or made misshapen, right? So what needed to happen with this vessel? God is saying, the Israel is this marred vessel so here's what I'm going to do with it as the potter, as the creator, as the one who forms all things. Well, the first step in taking a marred vessel and recreating it and putting it back into a perfect or presentable uh, shape, the first thing that you do is you crush it to dust. You destroy it. Then you add water again. Then it can be reformed, reworked, painted, right? Then the master is happy with it. When the master, the potter, is ready, then, after it's been crushed, reformed, reworked, what does he do? Any pottery majors out there? It's put into the furnace. So on top of the being crushed, reformed, reworked, touched up, beautified, then it is put into the fire, church, put into the flames, put into the furnace. Some of you, hear me now, come on, 
Come on. Some of you may feel like you're being crushed. I get that. Some of you may feel like you're in the furnace right now. But I'm telling you, when you come out, come on, when you come out, you're going to be strong. Yes, Jesus. When you come out, you are going to be beautiful, perfected. You are not alone. You're not alone, church. I hope you with all my heart, oh, with all my heart, I hope you hear me tonight. He weeps with you. He weeps with you. God sees you, he hears you, and he weeps with you. With that, let's close on our psalm that we began with a couple weeks ago. Kind of our theme for this series. Psalm 130, verse 5. Let's read. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. That word soul in the Hebrew, it means your life. It means all that you are. My soul waits. And in his word, I do hope. And that is where our hope lies. I hope your, I hope that your hope, I hope that your hope lies in the word of God. Oh, church, if it doesn't, you can put your faith, your trust in him tonight. If you're watching this, maybe you're not a Christian even. Maybe you're just coming across this video, your life. Uh, maybe you feel crushed in the fire, whatever it is. Oh, church, let him be the potter. Let him be the... Let's pray right now, right now. Let's do this. Uh, if you're watching this, every eye closed, every head bowed is what we would do if we're gathered, right? If you're watching this alone, whatever. If you're in a room with other people, other people, let's be respectful. Close your eyes. And if this is you, if you're feeling crushed, maybe you're feeling like you're in the middle of the fire, whatever it is. Maybe you feel like you've been calling out to him. Maybe you feel like you don't even hear him anymore. Maybe you're like Mary and you don't even have it within you to run out to meet him. Maybe, and maybe all of that combined has you feeling terrible about yourself. And maybe you've fallen into a state of self pity, whatever it is. Uh, if that's you tonight, just raise your hand right where you are. Maybe raise them both and let your heart declare to him in your word, I hope. In your word, I do hope. If you're watching this and you don't have that, that, that hope in Jesus, that he loves you, that he's for you, not against you. That he sees you, that he hears you, that he weeps with you. If you just have been unable to get your head around the fact of what this life is really about and why he might be waiting. Because through the waiting, even through the suffering, certainly through the waiting then, it births something in us. It, that's how we mature and grow is how how well do you wait? Every eye closed, every head bowed still. Let's go back down. If you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, you've never surrendered to him, just raise your hand, raise your hands, both, whatever, and just pray with me. Let's pray, church. Say, Jesus, I believe that you're God. I believe that you love me. Come into my heart and make me new. 
Walk with me all the days of my life. Lord, take me. Take my will. I only want your will for my life, Lord. If you have to crush me in order to remold me and put me in the furnace to make me strong and beautiful, I, that's what I want, God. I know I can get through it if you're with me. Just be with me. Oh, Jesus, you're so good. Your children cry out from a place of brokenness, from a place of despair and hopelessness, and we say, give us hope tonight, Lord Jesus. Inspire in our, in our hearts a joy that passes beyond understanding, knowledge that passes beyond understanding. Lord Jesus, make us new. Give us a refreshing tonight, Lord Lord, we know that you love us. We know that you weep with us. We know that you hear us and see us. So have all we are. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. I hope you've been touched in some way. I hope you felt the Father's heart, the Lord's heart for you tonight. So with that, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he pour out his favor and his grace on you. May you go and prosper in all you do. May you feel refreshed, restored, mm, and strong and beautiful as you go. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. We're so glad that you joined us tonight. Uh, join us the, uh, Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. on Facebook Live and on YouTube. If you've never been to our YouTube page, find us there, Life Story Church. Click subscribe if you haven't. Click like on the the Facebook page, if you haven't, we are also have our, our platforms on uh, Instagram, I believe. Check out the website, lifestorychurch.com. We're so glad that you guys are here. Remember, if your heart is with us, we need you to build this grassroots church in the Bellevue community of Nashville, Tennessee. You can find out who we are at lifestorychurch.com, what we believe, why, links to media comment, uh, content, and you can partner with us financially there as well. So. Uh, we appreciate uh, you for all you do. Share this video, will you? Uh, and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much. We love you.